Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. And welcome to Red Sea Roundup. Today, I am your host, Judy Como. I'm so happy to be here. I want to begin this hour of conversation with Terry Lipscomb as we will discuss our devotion to the Holy Soul. So I would like to dedicate this next hour for the Holy Souls in Purgatory. And if you have any questions about purgatory, if this is going to be a big reminder and refreshing and renewal of our devotion to the Holy Souls. I want to just start off from the very beginning of the show, welcoming all of our listeners here locally in the Bryan College Station area. You'll be listening on KEDC 88.5 FM here in the Brazos Valley KYAR 98.3 Central Texas and KINF 107.9 in the Holy Land, Palestine. Welcome to all of our listeners. Welcome, Thaddeus Romanski. Good morning. Good morning. Turn your mic on. Good morning, Judy. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing better now that I have a live mic in front of my mouth. Great, great. And also here in the studio, uh, Dennis Maka is here with us, a name good morning, familiar Judy. to all good or morning, should Thaddeus. be. And we're going to go on and just say good morning to Terry Lipscomb. Everybody together on be. three. Good, good morning, morning, Terry. Terry. <laughs> oh, that was not one of the highlights of any of our Roundup Well, sessions. that's quite all right. That's quite all right. I want to... <laughs> We have a jam-packed hour. I'm so excited in preparation for this show today that we actually have activities and things going on in the areas to talk about. Our world is waking up, (laughs) and it's very uh, exciting. But we want to begin with our saint of the day. And uh, seldom do I have a Red Sea Roundup that I don't give a shout-out to whoever invented the holy calendars that we get at most parishes at Christmas time, and uh, such a wonderful teaching tool is that calendar. But today we celebrate the feast, solemnity. Is it a feast? Of Let's just say Simon, ger- generic and say that it's the feasts, the feast of Saints Simon, Simon and, and Jude. Jude. And because Thaddeus Romanski's name is Jude Thaddeus. He's going to tell us all about his patron saint. Yeah, I, well, it's been really neat. Uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, Patrick Madrid revealed that his middle name is Thaddeus. I didn't know that. Oh, wow. Learned I'm it yesterday. surprised Bishop Robert Barron's middle <laughs> because he's your BFF. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Let's not go down that road. Oh, well, um, it's been a full month since I've actually been able to tease you. 
That's true. On air. That's true. And so I'm not going to. I've missed it. I've really, really missed it yeah, a lot. Yeah, kind of like a sour throat. Sore yeah. throat. Yeah. You don't miss it. You just know it's gone. And uh, <laughs> then this morning, I mean, it really felt, I felt like it was my birthday in my house. Uh, my my little four-year-old son ran into my room and he said, happy name day, Papa, and gave me a hug. And then the, everyone sang happy name day to me, to the birthday song on my way out the door and. Wow. Got poached eggs and bacon and toast, my, one of my favorite breakfast meals wow. this morning. And we kind of make a big deal of name days in my family. So, yeah. So today is my is the feast day of my patron saint, my, my name day. And I was named after the saint and named after my grandfather, my father's father, um, St. Jude Thaddeus. Yeah. Do your fa- does your family um, tradition name children like after... Uh, grandfather yes. names like that names and include and uh, saint saints name. also mm-hmm. uh-huh yeah that's definitely the tradition in my in my family for sure so yeah um saint jude thaddeus he was one of the 12 apostles right yes uh he was a martyr he preached the gospel in mesopotamia that's like modern day iraq and then in persia that's modern day iran uh before he was uh beaten with i believe his skull was crushed that's why he has that club Mm -hmm. that's the sign of his martyrdom um what i wanted to just spend a little bit of time talking about is you know he's he is famous for being the patron of hopeless causes or desperate causes or impossible causes and you and terry were talking a little bit about that off off mic before we got started today but um that's a pretty recent devotion it's not one of those devotions that's been around for thousands of years or even hundreds of years. In fact, according to an expert on the saints, one, Dr. Michael Foley, who's going to be our guest speaker at the benefit dinner on November 12th here in the Bryan College Station area, and who already was our guest speaker at the Waco Benefit Center, which was incredibly oh, successful. Oh, such wonderful things because about that. Because of the lovely, beautiful people up there in Waco, and we know that it, this is going to be an outstanding event here. Well, Dr. Michael Foley talks about the fact that this actually originated in 1929 that he's on the, the patronage- south side of Chicago with a, with a father, James Tort, T-O-R-T, Tort. Uh, he was the, the parish priest at a, at a church there. Uh, a lot of uh, steel workers were in that community. Well, they were evidently um, carrying on a novena in 1929. The novena was held, uh, the last day of it was on St. Saint, Saint Jude's Feast. They had a, they had a special occasion on, on the feast day for it at the conclusion of the novena. Then the next day, October 29th, 1929, anyone know what that was? Black Tuesday. Oh. The crash, oh, the stock market stock crash. Market. And the Great Depression begins, and because those were such desperate, impossible times, and, and it especially hurt um, you know, his parish community very hard. That was kind of the, that was something that kicked off the devotion to, uh, St. Jude. They, they already had that particular parish already had a longstanding devotion to St. Jude. And he doesn't relate if it was St. Jude's parish or not. Um, but that may, may have been, but that spread around the country. Father Tort 
he also organized the police branch of the League of St. Jude in 1932. And so St. Jude is also the official patron of the Chicago Police Department. So we can also remember St. Jude to pray for all of our police, our fire department, emergency responders, Um, all like that, all the people that put themselves in harm's way to, to take care of us and, and defend us. So, yeah. So, so please, uh, say a prayer to St. Jude for any impossible case that you may be uh, facing today. And, oh, let me, I don't want to forget. He also, by sacred tradition is the author of the last epistle, not the last book of the New Testament, but the last epistle in the New Testament, the very, very short letter of St. Jude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in uh, relating to the book, um, let's get to the, yeah. So, how, how, do you, how are you going to celebrate with a beverage, oh, well, an adult beverage? Yeah, Michael Foley recommends, I'm going to quote here from his new book, Drinking with Your Patron Saints. He says, quote, St. Jude is an everyman's saint, and for an everyman's saint, have a mixed drink like the working class boilermaker, beer and a shot of whiskey, or something similar to it like the Desperado Number One. Desperate, desperate cases, Desperado Number One. The Desperado <laughs> Number Two, on the other hand, is a refined, rich, and almost smoky drink. But thanks to the Sinar Artichoke Liqueur, which I'm not familiar wow. with, that that's too um, obscure for my it palate. It is bitter. Be prepared for a punch in the face that will remind you of true desperation. So this this desperado number two, this goes out to our love, our beloved Trey Cashin, who likes to quote his professors from the uh, University of Dallas that to be Catholic is to be punchable. So go have a desperado number two tonight, Trey Trey Cashin. I'll get you the recipe later. Okay, well let's talk just a little bit more about our benefit coming up. Or Dennis, you want to uh, hop in on Certainly. this? Certainly. You got to have me in the room for something, I guess. Absolutely. Hey, Put you I'm, to work. I'm very excited to say, um, and sorry to those of you who haven't gotten a spot at the benefit. We are sold out, and we've gotten people that are that are wanting to have a spot. And so, what Thaddeus and I were discussing here before the air, uh, yeah, the the show started, is that we have to uh, encourage those of you that do have a table and are finding a difficulty to fill your table of ten. Because we have two tables of 10 now instead of one table two of eight. Two tables of five. Oh, yeah. Thank you for it's that okay. correction. That's a, big, woo, that's a big difference. Um, two tables of five, so a total of 10. If you're having difficulty, you know, reach out beyond your circle of influence and find those that are um, wanting to come to the benefit. Reach out to us, and we'll start a list of those that are interested in coming and wanting to sit with groups that are already uh, sponsoring a table. If you go to our website, redsearadio.org, and look just below the uh, the buttons there, um, scan down a little bit to the left side of the page, you're going to see a thank you to our benefit sponsors. Um, we have a thank you to the benefit sponsors that were in our previous benefit on the right side, but look at KEDC 88.5 FM, and you'll see a lot of local names of people that have tables or groups that have tables. You know, get in touch with them and see if they have room at their table, and we're going to encourage them to do the same. But also contact us if you would like to be on a, quote, wait list, and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll put your name down on a list. But uh, we can only have up to 280 people this year because of restrictions and spacing and all that. So and we're at a new venue, and we want to be respectful of the you know agreement that we've worked out with the Brazos right. Center on numbers. And so we just have to be a little bit more um, careful and, and tight with 
cutting things off when yeah it looks like we could be full if everyone came we, yeah if everyone came that's supposed to come yeah we would be full so next year when this COVID thing goes away we can actually fit five six hundred people in, yeah. in the facility and we won't have a problem and so we can grow into it even more but uh this year we have to limit our numbers and um you know, it just is what it is, but we're very excited to have a completely full house. And if you're wanting it feels ticket, good, feels yeah, good. Just contact us on the website or call me directly at 979-255-2633. I don't mind giving that because I can't really get any more spam calls than I'm already getting. So, you know, <laughs> what the heck? And uh, before we before we jump out of the first segment, there's about three minutes left and we've still got you in here, Dennis. Let's talk and thank especially Everyone who joined in yes. and made the Brazos Valley Giving Day yesterday a big success for us. Well, if you live here in the Brazos Valley, you saw signs and, and, and just people all over the place were promoting Brazos Valley Gives yesterday. We like to expand it into our lovely Central Texas and East Texas listenership, and we got a great response. We had 41 donors all together. We were able to raise um, enough to meet our $5,000 match from the Anonymous family. Thank you, Anonymous family. And uh, we went just a little beyond that. So our total was 10282 for Brazos Valley Gives. That is wonderful. We were, Round we of were, applause. Yeah, right there, I think, at number 17 out of the, the 136 uh, uh, organizations. Got some really great. That participated. Uh, yeah. Airplay on KBTX last night yeah. had a really great segment about awesome. it. And you know, what what we do is is we value your listening time and we want people to hear regular programming. And so we only came to people on the breaks. We didn't want to interrupt and have a Radiothon feel, feel to it. So we came to you yesterday on the breaks and we just said, here's our need. Can you meet it? And people did. And so thanks be to God. We... You know, we probably could have raised a whole lot more, but we also know, you know, we don't want to do giving fatigue because it's benefit dinner season and <laughs> there's a lot being thrown at people and there's a lot of need out there. And so, you know, people that could give, gave. And uh, if you haven't heard about it and you want to participate in the benefit dinner and you can't come, we also are going to be offering a live streaming of our benefit dinner this year as well. We did that in Waco with some limited success because of a link issue. But uh, we, uh, we're we going to do that again this year and have a, a great participation online. If you want to hear a wonderful presentation from Dr. Michael Foley, it was it was a, a wonderful presentation. And just a lively room. People were so happy to get out. So yes, I we're excited. Some, some friends um, in the diaconate formation went to the benefit uh, for the first time. They really had a great Great time, and the food was great, and yeah. I think we're going to head on out and get ready for our next session. Yeah. Stick with us, listeners. Terry Lipscomb and I will be talking Purgatory 101. Coming back at you for Red Sea Roundup. Thanks for letting me talk on the mic, you guys.
Welcome back to Red Sea Roundup. If you're just joining us, this is about to be the best 45 minutes of your morning. I'm your host, Judy Como. I am being joined today. Uh, anniversary of sorts, I suppose. I really have no idea how long I've been uh, a co-host of Red Sea Roundup, but my guest today is Terry Lipscomb, and you were my first guest. Well, really? Yes. I don't remember that. I, Good uh, morning. Our um, mentor, Megan Silas, who hosted the show um, when she had to move and step out, Gene, uh, Deegan Mike, Pam and I, filled in, and she gave me some really good advice and said, for your uh, first guest, you should talk about something that you're very excited about and talk with someone you know very well. So it was very obvious that you <laughs> Was it I, October? I really don't know. What did we talk just, about? We talked about the, the Holy, Holy Souls, Souls for it sure. It had to be close to November or we yes. wouldn't have done that. Well, that good morning. Would, How well, are you? You know, it's we haven't seen each other in so long. I, I'm <laughs> just sad. I'm so excited to sit here with you and, and have your vibes and, and your love that you share with me for the Holy Souls. Uh, it goes around so quickly. I cannot believe November 1st is just next week. So, yes, so. we have um, had a difficult year, a particularly difficult month in my family, and I've been calling on the Holy Souls daily, and I have a, a new little um, mantra of whatever I'm dealing with to ask the Holy soul who dealt with that the most to pray for me at that moment for my needs, my children needs and my family needs. So it's kind of got me stretched out to imagine the struggles of my relatives a little bit more. And even those people I don't know as I call upon them to intercede for my family. Great. Oh, that's so beautiful. And we can, uh, I will tell you for our listeners, Terry and I are best friends and yes, we are. We are in communication via technology more than actually seeing each other. But our friendship goes back who knows how many years, but the friendship with each other and the Holy Souls probably started about 10 years ago. I think so. And um, through... Sharing a conversation, God put us together at a mass that we seldom went to together. Uh, at, you more than me at the St. Joseph Manor here locally, and I was so excited about uh, a homily that Father Patrick had given at a St. Joseph altar, where he talked about the tradition, the Italian tradition of the St. Joseph altar, and how important it is to continue these traditions. And he did a teaching on the universal church. And it was as if I was hearing it for the first time. It was as if neon lights and spotlights were loud. I, I could just hear it and I can almost repeat it. So the Holy Spirit comes in neon lights? Absolutely. Nice. Technicolor. I can almost <laughs> quote it. What he said, and I have heard again, you quote it many times. So well, you've done because well. you came into that mass, and we were like, "Oh wow!" And I was so excited, and I shared this teaching on the universal church, the church triumphant, the church suffering, the church militant. And you said, "Wait right here," <laughs> and you walked out and got our beloved book, "My the Life book. in Prayer." Besides the Bible, it is the book in it our is, lives, and shared this wonderful book, and taught me some uh, 
techniques of incorporating prayer with and for the holy souls. And so that kind of springboarded our uh, relationship, deepened our friendship through the devotion, you and I, but the friendship with the holy souls and learning how important it is, our responsibility as part of the church militant to pray for the souls and encourage others and encourage devotion. And I think that a lot of times so many teachings of the church, so many traditions of our faith, it's as if we think we know what we maybe don't know. You know, uh, Lent's coming around, Stations of the Cross, you just assume everyone in the congregation has a devotion and has prayed the Stations of the Cross, but there's, so there's not a teaching of it. The church is constantly in prayer, and we are constantly praying for the souls, but perhaps it's not as intentional as it could be. Every Mass is for right. And it, once you learn to listen for that, I become really intent on hearing who the Mass is being offered for. And different priests do it at different times of the Mass. Some priests announce the intention of the Mass before Mass starts, and some priests mention the soul who Mass is offered for during the consecration. Um, I was at a Mass last week where the priest did not have it in front of him, so he said, oh, well, we'll just offer it for the parish. And someone in the congregation yelled out the name of who the masses were for, assuming that I assumed that it was a family member and wanted to make sure that that family got credit for that mass. But believe me, if the priest doesn't mention the name, and some priests do not, those graces are still applied to that soul. And we as a congregation can consciously think about that soul and the family that's in mourning. Because we're talking about the mass... I'm going to put the brakes on for just a second. I got to shut up. (laughs) No, 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 no. Because you're just excited, as excited about this as I am. I want to mention something that's going on locally here in the Bryan College Station area. And it's going to be held at St. Joseph's Church on November the 7th. And it's called Presence. In the pack. In the Parish Activity Center at St. Joseph's on November the 7th. Folks, this is a no-brainer. And this gathering of a one-day retreat will jumpstart and renew and refresh your devotion to receiving Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, his true presence in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. It is an interactive day where we'll have video and then small group discussion. We will be... Um, together in the body of Christ, focusing on Jesus's true presence. So I wanted to be sure I mentioned it again. You can contact St. Joseph's Church. The registration fee is $20. It includes a study guide, adoration booklet, catered lunch, registration and pay online at St. Joseph's stjoseph.bcs.org. You can do that or in person. You can call the church office. If you have any questions, call Monica Mize at 979-820-0603. Do not miss this wonderful event. We uh, have been 
working on it. We worked on it for about six months. It got postponed. And now we're going to be able to have that. Uh, so, so uh, as a lot of you may remember us mentioning every year when Judy and I sit here, is that um, we host a afternoon of reflection for the Holy Souls on the first Saturday of November. Well, we found we realized about a month ago that the first Saturday had already been taken for this wonderful Eucharistic reflection, reflective day and um, really has been struggling um, myself and Judy on which what should we do about our Holy Soul reflection. And the reason that I was such a stickler, uh, I prefer to end our reflection for the Holy Souls with the Holy Sacrifice at the Mass. And we've been meeting the past, I think it's eight years at San Salvador on the first Thursday, we start at 3 p.m. and we go and end with the Holy Sacrifice at the Mass that begins at 7. So moving that day over was very difficult for me. Um, we looked at October the 31st, and I kind of felt like it didn't mean anything to go to San Salvador. Why don't we just stay in Bryan and do it? But unfortunately, there are weddings going on at the church on those days the day be the week before the Eucharistic day or the week after. And they use our adoration chapel with the, when the blessed sacrament is reposed for not adoration and they allow the groomsmen to use that area. Oh, so we are going to go to San Salvador on the second Saturday of November at three o'clock but we will not be able to end with the sacrifice of the mass yet. Oh, I have something in motion. We might be able to find a priest to come out there. Oh, well, what a wonderful idea. Oh, we have to. I mean, if you don't ask, well, the answer is always no. I heard through the grapevine that Monsignor John had been out there a Saturday ago. So anyway, well, that's great, Judy. So anyway, I'm just going to make that plug now and maybe again later. But uh, we are we will go into the second Saturday of November for our reflection. Which is November the, four- the 14th. Correct. Yes. And but I, I, I encourage you to go ahead, those of you who already have your life in prayer book, to please take your book out and start your novena for the Holy Souls. This book that Judy and I talk about is available in the adoration chapels around town. My dear friend and co-worker for the Holy Souls, Jeff Perdowski, has a box of these wonderful books who keeps our supply in the Adoration Chapel at St. Thomas Aquinas. And I keep some in our chapel at St. Joseph, and Judy keeps some at St. Anthony's Chapel. So they're all around town, and if you don't know what we're talking about or you would like to, just... Go into the chapel. It's a little black book. It's a paperback, and on the on the um, seat, on the bind of the book, it just says a complete Catholic prayer book. But if you look at on the front cover, it says my life in prayer. And in the beginning of this book is the thirty day novena for the holy souls that I pray perpetually. I used to pray this once a year and then twice a year, and then I realized how. Our, the Holy Souls desire our prayers throughout the year. Um, so you could start that novena on the 1st. I We don't have 31 days in November, and this has a 31-day. So I highly recommend on Halloween that you pray the 
first prayer in the book mm-hmm. first. And just to kind of explain it, I mean, we're so used to praying it. Um, every day has a focus and a teaching. prayer, a teaching, and almost every day has a practice. And uh, when that day that Terry introduced this book to me, I was like, okay, I'm going to start praying it. And I just started on day one, but I had a hard time keeping up with what day I was, which, and you gave me the uh, idea. So today is the 28th and we prayed day 28. And so if you'll just coordinate the date with the day, it's easier to keep up with it. And um, on my book, the people that so as I start praying this novena and I'll remember, OK, my mother's birthday was this date. So I'll write her name on that date. Day. 22nd. My mother. Was the 22nd, 23rd. Was it her birthday and her death date? Were one, one day, day after apart. the one day after the other. Yes. And so today, over the years of praying this novena, I pray for Frank Robardo. I pray for Alan Bridges, and I pray for Garrett Maliska, and for my Uncle Red Scamardo. So those this date coordinates with either their, the, birth their death day, their birthday, or um, and why why do we pray on those two special days of our loved ones? Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, the church because. the church has um, in their wisdom. And through revelations to different saints, particularly St. Bridget Sweden, which I have Mm -hmm. a quote from her today, it was revealed to her that these two days of that soul's life, life of the date of their birthday and the day that they passed away, they received special graces. So that's another hint or highlight for us to offer masses for them on their birthday and the, the anniversary of their death. So when you look in your bulletin, that's the first thing I do when I get back to my car. I open up that bulletin and I want to see who's the masses are going to be offered up for that week. Because like Judy said in the beginning, our church prays for the holy souls at mass every day, even if you don't hear it. Well, and also during the uh, Eucharistic prayer, there is a pause for the soul's the, the faithfully departed, just in general, in general, not I, I I know that there are times that some priests will say the name of the person during that time. But there is a general intercession during the Eucharistic prayer for the, the souls in purgatory. Right. So as as family, um, it is our duty and obligation to pray for the souls of, of those who deceased who we care for. And also to pray for those who maybe no one has anyone to pray for them. And every day I try to add that to my prayer because unfortunately this practice has fallen away as the church has split. I think we are the only denomination that prays for the holy souls. And so when we add the thought of praying for those who have no one to pray for them, it is really broad, and the Catholic Mass does continue to pray for all souls that have passed. Yeah, along with the Orthodox Church. Correct. Also. Yes. So, but, as I was saying, uh, St. Bridget was given some beautiful 
insights on how to pray for the holy souls. She was told that through Jesus, he said to her that when we free a soul, he is freed himself and he will reward us who are praying for this faithful in due time when we need those prayers as if we had helped him. So I remember one, one day, you know, I had gotten to where I was praying this, this novena so often that I could tell you what day, what we were praying for. And, and the, the day that we pray for the soul to be released, I felt like I had been stuck in purgatory, worrying more about that soul suffering. And I was enlightened that day about the glory that it gives God. And I remember calling you, Judy, and saying, <laughs> I, I just got out of purgatory. And, you know, what are you talking about? I said, the revelation to me of the glory that God is given eternally by these souls once they are released was such a beautiful thought to me. And it, it helped me not always just be praying for the soul that was suffering, but for the glory of God that he was going to be given by this freed soul eternally. I can remember it so clearly. Oh, and this such has been a beautiful. Years. Yes. And I think that that's how our faith life is. Ebbs and flows, mountaintops and valleys that, uh, I mean, if we, we may have this powerhouse faith that will truly be glorified when we are in heaven. But until then, our, our, our emotion, our day-to-day, those different things impact our prayer life. And having a uh, faith-filled, faithful prayer life and a devotion gets us through those times, um, you know. And to also, I want to remind our listeners that this is a live show, and we would love for you to call in if you have a question or a comment. You can do that at 855 683 7332 or you can text Terry and I. We have our phones here with us. Um, So we've really don't have a method to our madness, but uh, (laughs) we want to, um, whenever Thaddeus is madly thumbing through a book, I know he has something. Oh, I wanted to, if you don't mind me stepping in to add something, what I heard in your quote that you gave from St. Bridget, which again, that's private revelation. It's not, you don't have to accept it. Let's be clear about that. Yes, exactly. I heard but, uh, Drew Mariani was talking about this devotion day before yesterday about yeah. the devotion to St. Bridget. But, but if it aids our faith, then, you know, do it. But what I heard there Judy just, oh, wrong one. Sorry. Judy just muted me well, while she coughed into a live mic. So that's how we do it around here. Um, anyway, I know where I rate. Um, what I heard was, in that quote from from St. Bridget, was I heard uh, Matthew 25. Especially because then you followed it up with, you know, I just got out of purgatory. or I felt, And mm-hmm. I felt like I was in purgatory. Which made me think of, in Matthew 25... The the righteous and the unrighteous, they say to our Lord, well, when did we, you know, when did we see you a stranger? And importantly, 
when did we see you sick or in prison or in prison? Right. This whole, and there's this, there, there is that idea and tradition of purgatory being, having that kind of imprisonment overtone where you're being, you know, sanctified, you're being purified so that you don't, uh, so that you can't enter into the perfection of heaven because nothing, no sin can enter heaven. So, and their dependence on us yeah. is the, and you know, in prison, I know you have to serve a certain amount of time, but what's so beautiful about this devotion, we have in our power through right. our prayers to shorten their time. And that's one of the little sayings in the book says to remember them as we are in prison with them. And a lot of times I think about how they have absolutely no control over the, the suffering, even though they are joyful. Mm-hmm. to suffer because mm-hmm. they desire purification. Mm-hmm. But we can, as Judy and I talk about sometimes offering little penances for them, I can just quickly take myself out of that penance, whether it be a self-infliction of heat or cold or whatever that could be. But that as I can stay there longer, united with their suffering, remembering like I am in there with them because they are so dependent on our prayers and our good works, which is alms, is another great thing mm. that I really wanted to talk about today. Yeah. yeah. And so so the church and the church tells us to pray for the living and the dead. And so that that's part of what we're told to do by the church. And the church is given that power to to tell us that authority to tell us to do those things. That's from Matthew 16, where the apostles are given the power to bind and loose. Okay. So this awesome. is all all biblical. All biblical. All of this has roots in scripture that we're talking about this morning. Right. Um, I recently watched a DVD entitled Purgatory, the Forgotten Church. And I haven't even had the time to share this with you, uh, Dr. You've been holding out on me. Well, it's been recent because um, my Bible study was coming to the end. Uh, We did this presence study that I was talking to uh, our listeners about and inviting you to come to this. We did it in a more intense study. And um, Dr. Ann Reed mentioned, hey, I have this DVD about purgatory. Um, And it is a powerhouse. I need to see it. But some of our notes that I took over it, um, it's kind of entitled Controversy and Consolation. And in watching this video, I was reminded of part of the suffering of purgatory is this knowledge of how your sin, how what how you acted, how your actions impacted other people. And it really was one. I mean, we both are sitting here with our eyes wide open, but it opened my heart because knowledge, when you love someone and you've hurt them, the knowledge of that is according to the degree that you love love them them is, um, you know, I could feel it physically. So this controversy in consolation. So um, I'm consoled by the fact that we can help those who are in purgatory. So let's kind of go back to the Father Patrick homily that taught about the universal church. We are the church militant here. We are called to work towards that. But 
the souls in purgatory are dependent solely. They can do nothing for themselves. We can do nothing for ourselves to gain heaven. We're dependent on prayers. So what's the most thing that we can do is have masses said and pray the rosary. And our church just teaches us without us knowing it. So when someone dies, almost universally, we have a rosary at the the night before. And just think about it. There's 100 people there. That's 100 rosaries that are prayed for the soul. The next day we go to Mass, it's, it's a transition, and then we transition to the cemetery. When we have the beautiful month of November that is dedicated to the Holy Souls, we have All Saints Day, another teaching, you know, back to the calendar that tells us whose feast day, whose or is on what day, but there's heaven is full of saints. Unnamed saints. Once we get to heaven, once we're, we're in the church triumphant, so that November the 1st, Holy Day of Opportunity, falls on a Sunday this year. So, yeah. Uh, what an opportunity. Get a twofer. <laughs> but that is to celebrate those saints, celebrate and give honor and be so thankful. And then the next day is for the, the, souls. the souls. So, I would like really quickly to um, address those who are suffering grief and um, particularly those who who have not fully embraced the beauty of purgatory and how I encourage them to find this book, find me, find Judy, find the teachings of why and hows and what's to give you comfort and not to just dwell on the pain that because you cannot imagine, we don't like to imagine the people that we love suffering. It's very difficult, and particularly when you go to a funeral, most of the time, they put that person straight in heaven. And I've heard quite a few really good homilies, particularly on the radio and different masses. That now that we get to hear more masses on the radio, what a beautiful gift we've had, mm-hmm. even though this COVID has been such a hard thing for all of us to deal with. The, the, teachings that Father Rocky particularly has given during his daily mass, just the idea that your pain and suffering of your grief is meditorious so for the soul mm-hmm. of your loved one to please not waste that. And also about the alms and the fasting, um, October, November is a, we are called to fast that whole month. For the holy souls, I know it kind of runs into Advent, and Advent is kind of used to be a little little Lent, and now it's become a lot less of a Lent. But because so much of it is in November, at least a week or so, that we can start our fasting even earlier and to make it a little bit harder. You know, um, over the years we've lightened up so much, and really the fasting. Uh, I've learned a lot about fasting this past year, and it's really not as hard as you think. It God gives you so much grace. Drew Mariani is a great, great resource for fasting. He has a lot of really good shows about fasting. So this November, I really encourage you, particularly if you're suffering grief, to offer your suffering for that soul who you are grieving over and to try to remember the joy that they have mm-hmm. of having their soul purified. Oh, gosh, it just makes me smile inside and out to th- to think about that, because I would think that 
everyone has experienced the loss of a loved one in some way, shape, or form, whether it, uh, I mean, we, the list goes on and on, but that, um, that loss and that grief, bad enough to be going through it, but to waste it would be even more of a shame. And um, how, how encouraging it is. Um, we mentioned St. Bridget. Um, also want to mention a couple of other powerhouse saints that um, I read just this morning. St. Padre Pio, uh, there's a quote that he says that the, the souls, the road to the monastery where he was, was visited much more by the souls than actual people walking up there. The souls would come to him. And Which saint is that? St. Padre Pio. Okay. And also uh, St. Monica, love her, uh, patron saint of mothers. You know, we do know about her son, St. Augustine. She had another son. Oh, she did had, she? Yes. She had two sons. And as she was dying, um, they were deciding whether they were going to bring her back to her homeland, where to bury her. They were in the room and thought she was unconscious. And she said, bury me where you will, but remember me at the sacrifice of the mass. Mm. You know, so even in her dying, she was teaching her, her sons that the most important thing is to have masses said and how efficacious and how uh, and each parish handles handles uh, organizing masses and having them said in a different way. But, uh, you know, Judy, I always uh, see different parishes do it differently. And I questioned um, a parish who um, a priest who has multiple masses for different souls. And I and I asked, how can that be possible when some other parishes can only have one. And and he told me that the teaching is you can only pay for one, but it can be offered for many. Hmm. So I didn't know that. Take it for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. Sometime I felt a little cheated when I had called in for a mass and then they're announcing, you know, I see in the bulletin, there's five or six souls. And, and he said, we can't limit God. The church no is only allowed <laughs> to to take the payment for Even one. Even though we do, minute by minute, we uh, just put him in a box. So that really helped me get over myself, you mm-hmm. know, self-righteous as I can be, as most of us can. But just remember that all our joy and pain and sorrow and suffering, just to not waste it to any kind of trial or temptation that we can have, can be offered for the holy souls that are in purgatory, our efforts, our self-denial, the patience that it requires for our self-denial, our failures in our self-denial, which we all know how many days we start the day out. I'm not going to have this or that. And and before the day's over, um, I personally can make excuses till the cows come home about why I shouldn't. I've got a headache and um, just whatever. But just there's so much grace that God gives to us. And, you know, we always talk about how you can't outgive God mm-hmm. and whether it be monetary or whatever, but that also goes in our prayer. And when we die, all these souls that we have offered for are going to be there for us. And in St. Bridget's prayer, and it's interesting that we keep going back to her today because I really um haven't prayed all of her prayers, but she has a a lot, a lot to say about the holy souls. 
and also about to wear the scapular. And I know this is kind of a lost thing, but Judy and I have kind of picked that up as um, and other people that we know uh, that one of the promises for the scapular is that whoever wears the scapular will be released from purgatory on the first Saturday of their death. That's also one of the promises of the first Saturdays. Devotions. The devotion, one of the promises of the devotion for the first Saturdays when you attend five. And there's a lot of, and I don't know, it's not hokey pokey magic or anything. It's it's truly, we need to take the word devotion to heart because devotion means a lot. It doesn't just mean I'm going to put this scapula on. Yeah, I'm going to be not who like I want jump to be. through this hoop, jump through this hoop and um, want to uh, magnify what you're saying is the... Um, Wearing the scapular is a sacramental, indulgences, sacramentals, and sacramentals are gifts of the church that point towards a sacrament. But every the every sacramental, every uh, attempt at gaining an indulgence is always attached with going to mass, going to confession. So our uh, It, it helps in, in it helps improve our own faith life by trying to help the holy souls improves our own faith life because you're I mean you can't receive the Eucharist if you're not in a state of grace you can't gain indulgences if you're not in a state of grace so encouraging our own remaining in a state of grace or uh, striving to be in a state of grace, how much more we can fill our shoes of being a part of the church militant by remaining in a state of grace. And, and you used that, that word earlier, meditorious, and I know that might not be a word that we use very often, but it just means it has merit. The things that we do that are meritorious gives merit to what we have done. Mm-hmm. I know... Um, I got really kind of hung up on words like that, uh, particularly when I at an RCIA class and we have such wonderful teachers come in and we have this really awesome man, Thaddeus, who comes <laughs> in to RCIA and he uses these beautiful words. And, I, and I'm and i always the one to raise my hand and say, and what does that mean? What does that <laughs> word mean? Like Lexia Divina, is that one of your yeah, yeah, one of my favorite words. I need that one all the time. But meditorious is is kind of one of those words. And uh, Judy said one a while ago, and I can't think of it right now. Efficacious. Efficacious. And that is just our effort that we put forward. The more effort we put, the more merit it has. So efficacious and meritorious are two words that kind of roll out of our mouth real quickly, but they are so huge. The merit putting on the scapular has merit. It has, it's an effort to live. As I put my scapular on, I ask the Blessed Mother to increase my desire for holiness, increase my mm-hmm. desire to serve her, increase my ability to bring her to others. So it, it's an outward sign, which is what a sacramental yeah. is. I'm always grateful that you wear it around your neck, which is where most of my problems <laughs> comes out of my mouth. And That's also, you know, I, I generally will kiss my scapular in devotion and it reminded me that my wedding ring is a sacramental and to um, rely on the grace of my sacramental marriage. 
And, As is uh, holy water. I know we didn't mention that today, but the holy souls desire our holy water. And it's not magic. It doesn't put out fire, but it's an outward sign when we go to the holy water font, which I have missed so much during mm-hmm. the COVID. But I am a holy water warrior, and I carry lots of holy water around me. I have a a, a flask that's probably a <laughs> liter that my kids gave me that wrote holy water on it. And I keep my little spray bottles filled and I hand them to my children. I keep them all the time. I just say, let us spray and we will pray. So my kids know when I'm coming at them with my holy water, but um, use the holy water as a reminder of the quenching the fire for the souls. Mm -hmm. Just it's an outward sign. It's not, it's not an actual putting out the fire, but it's our prayer, our intention. And and I think that that has also scriptural basis because our Lord tells the, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And when he realizes he can't go across that chasm. To tell his brothers. To, to tell, then he does, you know, remember he does say, you know, please dip, dip your finger in water and quench my, my pain or quench my thirst. So they're, Thank you, Thaddeus. Mm-hmm. I never I, scriptural I, basis there too. Yeah. See, he's such a teacher. Mm-hmm. We just have to keep his words well, on our level. Uh, sometimes within that DVD that I was talking about, there's several Bible quotes. I I personally have never had a conversation with someone who does not believe in purgatory. I maybe really? have had conversations of those who would like to learn more, or oh, I didn't know that. But I don't think I've had one. But regardless. Uh, so much like the word purgatory does not appear in the Bible, nor does the word Trinity, nor does the word transubstantiation, but they're all wonderful teachings of the Catholic Church. But um, from the book of Zechariah, and I've used this quote and I've heard well, I have a song that goes along with it, but I did not relate it to purgatory. And it says, I will bring the one third through fire. And I will refine them as silver is refined and test them as gold is tested. And I've always related that passage to my own faith life, like purifying my heart and being refined. But um, the teaching in that DVD uh, referred to that. Second Maccabees, which doesn't appear in the Protestant Bible. That's why um, it's not in there. He made atonement for the dead that they may be freed from their sin. We d- we didn't mention our wonderful friend Susan Tassoni and all of her She's books. She's in the DVD. She's in, I'm sure she As is. As Drew Mariani is. Also. Oh, my. And when, when uh, Judy and I listen to <laughs> Drew Mariani a lot and Susan will come on, I text her right away, hey, turn it on. And she's like, I'm listening. <laughs> we actually interviewed her one year we ago. We did. And was it just one, this yes. past year? Well, the thing when Judy was given all these quotes, Susan Tassoni has quite a few devotional books. One of them is praying the Holy Rosary for the souls. And in that, if it's, it's a scriptural rosary, and every Hail Mary has a little scripture. And that's had really jumped out to me now when we're reading the Bible, just as these examples are, these are part of those type of verses are at, after each Hail Mary. Yes, and it impl- amplifies. So when we read the Bible on our, in, in the church and when it's read to us during Mass particularly, and as I 
try to read before I get to Mass. These things really jump out to me. But um, I really would like to send another shout out to Susan Tassoni, and um, she has a wealth of books. And I mean, she is called the Holy Soul Lady by Pope uh, John Paul II. She met with him often. So if you want to get on a website with uh, Our Sunday Visitor, has all of her books. There's a um, so much that eat and like you know when like I called Judy that day and said I, I got out of purgatory today. What, what she was saying was our faith is so huge and the teachings are so many that we're still learning. I still read stuff in her oh. books. Every, and, and I've done the novena years and years and years. I go, I never read that. I never saw that line. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit is so powerful as if we are open and desire to learn more and more to release them in our daily efforts is what November's about. Yes. And, um, like you said, um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But I think that we change, you know, the word of God is constant, but our lives change. And when we really need, you know, uh, a devotion or something to help us, God provides it. He provides a way for us. So, Terry, no shock. We're coming to the end of our time no, here. I want another hour. <laughs> hey, maybe we could do that little extra thing at the end oh, like we did last year. You know year. what? We just might do that. So I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to thank you for being here. Remember this weekend and check your bulletins to find out um, ways you can go and remember your loved ones on All Saints Day on Sunday, All Souls Day, Monday. Go and be blessed, my friends. 